0: Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we're studying the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 2. Here's Pastor Ryan.
1: Good morning, everyone. Good so blessed to be with you guys on this beautiful day, beautiful. Some think it's too cold, but I think it's just fine. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Turn with me in your Bibles, please, this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And Give me an amen once you are there. And so Father, again, we come before you with just thanksgiving and praise. Lord, what can we say? You're the God who made the heavens and the earth, the one true living God of Moses, of Aaron, of Joshua, of Caleb, of the apostles Peter, James, John, and Paul. Lord, your wonders are seen throughout the world and throughout history. We're so grateful, Lord, we're, just so blessed this morning to know that we're loved by a father who is better than any earthly parents. You are just such a loving Abba. And we pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts in a very special way. Lord, remove our pride from us, our flesh, any hardness of heart, any bitterness. Any weight of sin that so easily ensnares, please take it from us and help us to learn from you. Holy Spirit, God, guide us into your truths. I can do nothing without you, Lord, so may you strengthen me. Bless your word to our hearts. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. All right, so 2 Corinthians chapter 2, as you know, the Apostle Paul is uh, writing again to the church that he founded in Corinth. It was a very sinful city, as you know, and it was a church that he planted four years prior. They were a church that was filled with the gifts of the Spirit. There was a lot of good going on in their church, but they also had uh, some sin that was in the camp. It was uh real famous because he wrote of it of course but there was a young man in their midst in the church who was in a incestuous relationship with his stepmother and so the apostle Paul wrote first Corinthians to them as really a letter of not just love and correction and exhortation but one of strong rebuke he really it really was a rebuke and in first Corinthians 5 he says concerning that young man and And you are puffed up, the church, and you are puffed up. In other words, they were filled with pride about all these spiritual gifts and have not rather mourned that he that has done this deed might be taken away from among you. And so he wrote to them to take care of the situation, to make the corrections that they needed to make because God's church is to be holy as he is holy. And not that we're perfect and not that we go around policing everybody's sin, but when sin is evident, when it, it just is known that there is open sin, sexual immorality, it must be dealt with. And so, uh, this second letter is, uh, is one where, you know, Paul is grateful. Whoo. Like he, he was worried because he didn't know how they would take the corrections and the rebuke in the first letter. And so he has heard that Paul, they, Titus told him, they received it well, and they've cleaned up their act. So he's writing to them with kind of uh, just a blessed heart, full of joy, that they're willing to be obedient to God and take care of that problem. Now, the question last week in our text was his travel plans. Paul was planning, told them that he would visit them at a certain time, but he canceled his travel plans. And he said that he canceled them uh, to spare them because he did not want to go back so soon and find the problem unsolved, the correction ignored. And so he wasn't sure, and so he, for their sakes, he changed his travel plans. He didn't want to go and, and just bring another hammer of rebuke. He wanted to give them time to take care of the problem. And so his detractors and the those false teachers who were creeping into the church were saying, Aha, look at Paul. He's, a, he's not a real apostle of Christ because he doesn't keep his word. He said he was going to travel and come visit you guys, but he didn't show up. Aha, he's no good. So the Apostle Paul had to share with them, oh, no, no, on the contrary. Oh, I'm a man of my word, just like God's a God who keeps his promises. On the contrary, I didn't go because I wanted to spare you. I didn't want to come and make it a, a big uh, issue again uh, with the sin. And so he he shares that with them. And, um, you know, for... Those of us that are parents or grandparents, when we visit our grown children, if we have them, uh, you know, we want our visit with them to be full of joy. We want our visits with them to be peaceful. I mean, it's a bummer if every time we visit our grown children, we have to deal with their dramas that they have not yet taken care of. Amen? Well, some of that in here may be a little better watching. Right? It's like, man, can we just have a visit with our grown kids and it be cool? And it's always drama. Why? You know, we have to put God first. That's what we teach our kids and grandkids. Put God first. Honor his word and you'll have less drama. And so the Apostle Paul said, I came not to spare you. And so we continue uh, right here in verse 1 of chapter 2. He said, but I determined this in myself that I would not come again to you in sorrow. For, for if I make you sorrowful, then who is he who makes me glad? But the one who is made sorrowful by me. And so we see here Paul telling them again, I determined not to come to you in sorrow. I didn't want to, you know, have to deal with this again. So he determined, you see, the tenderness in his heart, I I want my visit to be cool, full of joy, full of peace. He knows he made them sorrowful, you know, and usually when one receives correction, you know, here they are, the Corinthian church, they think they're doing fantastic. Look at me, I can speak in tongues. It's like, but there's sin in the, in the church. Is anyone going to deal with that? It's like, who cares about the gifts when you're not dealing with open sin? It's like, man, I just want to come in peace and, and, and I determined not to come and bring more sorrowful. Besides, you know, who's going to make me cheerful? And that's really the, uh, the the translation here. It's kind of difficult wording. I had to read verse two about you know five times. I still didn't get it after that, so I just went to the, all the other easier uh, <laughs> you know translations. It says, "Oh, I get it." So his heart was he he just he looked at the church as as folks that made him cheerful and joyful it's like you know his interaction with them is not one that he wants to make them sorrowful he wants to he wants to he wants to be made joyful just by their very presence and that's the church that's the family of God here and that's what happens when we come together and God says that he's looking for us to worship him in spirit and in truth In spirit and in truth. That means we come to church and with a sincere heart to worship the Lord, to love God, but also to love one another. And it's true. We make each other cheerful. I love walking in in your midst and hearing all the conversations. You guys loving on each other, praying for each other, getting to know one another. And if you just bounce after every service, relax. That's not church. Church is getting to know one another. So get to know the family. Rejoice with them. Let them make you cheerful. Get to know them. But that's the heart of Paul. He, they, they, were, uh, baby, so they were his baby, sort of say. They were the church that, that he planted through Jesus' grace. And so he, he wanted and, and, and expected them to make him cheerful. And I believe that. I really do believe this. And God looks upon us, Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. And I believe that he delights in us. In what we do on Sundays and Wednesdays and throughout the week, I believe that He loves you and loves me. I believe that He is cheered up by what all of us do here when we bring Him our praise and we love one another. I really do. And the Apostle Paul would see that they received the correction and made the changes. My goodness! So he was like a glad papa, and it reminded me of Proverbs ten. Verse 1 that says, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. And so I believe the Corinthian church made Paul the apostle so glad, so cheerful, because why? Because they made the corrections. Just like a mom and a pop or grandparents, we've given instruction and correction to our children and grandchildren, and when they take it and make the changes aren't we blessed by them? Aren't we just excited? And so that's what Paul is saying. He determined not to bring sorrow, but to just enjoy the fact that they have made these changes. And so uh, in verse three, we continue. And I wrote this very thing to you, lest when I came, I should have sorrow over those from whom I ought to have joy. Having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. See how he loved them? For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote to you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. And so here, again, like a loving father, a loving apostle, he, he, he just continues to reiterate how much he he loves them, how they are his joy. But also he says that in the writing of 1 Corinthians, and it was a hard letter of rebuke. He said, I did it out of love. I did it in great anguish of heart and in many tears. It wasn't something that he... Like, took pleasure in, right? And it's like, what father or what mother or what grandparent has pleasure in the, in the firm rebuke of a child? Like, it's, it's something that needs to be done, but there's no real joy in it because our hearts are broken that they have done something not good. Does that, right? That, who would, who would like to, uh, you know, enjoy the chastening of their sons and daughters? Like, who, who gets a, a joy out of that—it's not really—and I and I don't believe that God, when He chastens us, you know, is is like having a party over it. I, I believe His heart is broken when He has to correct us because of our, uh, you know, sins or whatever that that He needs to correct. He does it because He loves us, uh, but it, but there's no joy here, and that's what. The apostle Paul is letting them know that out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears. And so uh, he wanted them to know his abundant love for them. I, in other words, he, he is saying, I do this because I love you. Because I love you, I tell you the truth, right? And and uh again, it brings me back to those parental proverbs. Proverbs thirteen, twenty-four. It says, He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Or Proverbs 19, verse 18: chasten your son while there is hope, and do not set your heart on his destruction. While there is still hope, God would say you know, I'm going to give you the hard truth. I'm going to give you the the, the tough love because I love you. Because it's the truth that will set you free. I cannot have you going on in sin, unrepentant of sin. And so though, though Paul wrote it, he didn't write it as one who was thrilled over it. He was one that was writing it as a loving father broken um, over them. And I think that uh, we need to keep that in mind for sure. Uh, these days we are the salt and we are the light and we need to know as parents as grandparents or as uncles and aunts or just as adults in general we're the salt and the light on behalf of the lord we are his ambassadors if you see something that is clearly scripturally wrong that you know can hurt your friend or your Loved ones, we must say something for the love of Christ. We must, we must say something for the love of them. Blessed are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And so keep that in mind. And so he says here um, in verse 5, But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent, not to be too severe. This punishment which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man, so that on the contrary you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore I urge you to reaffirm your love to him, for to this end I also wrote that I might put you to the test whether you are obedient in all things. And so here he uses the word punishment. And he says that the punishment that was uh, inflicted by the majority, the majority, he means the church. Uh, the word punishment is epitomia in Greek, which means to judge or to censure. And so the punishment that was given out to this person, he says, was sufficient. And he's saying that it was sufficient because clearly there was repentance. Amen? Now, it doesn't say that the person he's referring to is the young man who was in an incestuous relationship with his stepmother. It doesn't mention him at all. Tradition, most scholars, as far back as you can go, some say it was he's clearly speaking of this person. Or it may have been someone else. But what the context of the word, what it's saying to us is that that there was someone who had some sin that needed to be corrected and they corrected it. And he's saying the punishment was sufficient. And why was it sufficient? Because there was repentance. And so Paul had a real worry now, now that they they gave the correction that he had a real worry that the pendulum would swing to the other end and they would be too harsh that even though he was broken or she was broken and was full of repentance and, and bore fruits of repentance, that they would not receive him back into the church. And so Paul has a real concern for that. And, and so does our Lord. There's there's both, both sides to, to the pendulum. There's You know, when there's sin, it must be dealt with. We talked about that. When there's sin, it must be dealt with. Can't be swept under the rug. But when it's dealt with, there must be forgiveness. In Colossians chapter three, verse 12 and 13, it says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. Right? As Christ has, forgave, has forgiven us, so we must also forgive those who have a complaint against us. Turn with me to Matthew 18, and we'll see what the Lord says. Very famously, our Lord teaches us the same principle. In Matthew 18 Verse 15 through 17. If you don't have your Bibles this morning, I hope you're a little uncomfortable. And if you need one, just look in the little pockets of the pews and you'll find one there. Amen? Matthew 18, 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. I like that. Jesus says that if your brother will hear you, if he will come to repentance, that's what that means, if he will hear you in your complaint, he says here uh, that uh, you have gained your brother. Now, if He will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Now those are our Lord's words. If there's not repentance, then they are to be booted out of the church, and to be to us like a heathen or a tax collector. Ah, man, I, you know churches ain't preaching that part of the Bible today. They skip that. Oh, you don't want to offend the sheep. No, it's right there. Who cares? That's the heart. God desires repentance and truth in the inward parts because he knows how mankind is. Men will make excuses for their sins. Excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. You know, the devil made me do it. Or my parents weren't good to me. Or or yada, 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 yada. King David said in Psalm 51, Against you alone I have sinned, Lord. And that's the beginning of repentance. I've, it's not that I did my brother wrong. I did God wrong when I did my brother wrong. And God calls us to make it right. No, he says when you're at the altar to bring your gift and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift and scram. Go make it right with your brother. Then come back to the altar. In other words, God doesn't want religiosity. He wants us to be reconciled with our brethren if we've done them wrong. Think about that. So it's not just... Forgiveness, God calls us to forgive. But even Jesus in his first messages, his first things written down about our Lord, he was saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent means I'm going the opposite direction as I was. I'm changing my direction and I'm going a completely different way. Repentance, I'm no longer doing that anymore and I'm following God. Not just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No changes, no changes. God sees through that. And he desires truth in the inmost parts, but forgiveness is 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 a must because he has forgiven us. Now, the beautiful thing about God's forgiveness is that when we forgive, that doesn't always mean um, a restoration to a prior position of honor. You feel me? You hear me? You know what I mean? Just because we forgive a a brother who has sinned doesn't mean that he gets his position back. Depends. Every situation is different. Remember the Lord said that he who knew his father's will would be beaten with more stripes than the one who didn't know his father's will. He would be be beaten with with fewer stripes. So God knows how to discern how big of a Restitution should be paid. We've all said, well, they really didn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know the word too well or whatever. You know what I mean? You can have an understanding, but if someone knows, it's a greater uh, consequence, if you will. So forgiveness should go to everyone who repents, confesses their sin, turns from it, and walks a new way. It is, we have to. But to give back a position that they had before of honor and prestige, that's not guaranteed at all. You know, I remember a pastor that I I just loved his teaching, ministered to my heart from a different state. And I got to meet him a couple times, and um, he taught so well. I, I, I just, uh, he spoke to my heart. The Lord spoke to my heart through him. And I shared his teachings with my wife and she loved him too and we would listen to him for a good two years and uh, one day I'm listening to one of the messages and his associate pastor is up there saying that he he had that the path it had been found out that he was cheating on his wife this pastor that I was listening to I remember going out to the my front porch and just falling on my knees and just weeping crying so I I loved him, and, I, and he was a hero of mine, but I know better. Christ is my hero. He's just a man who, who, who got too busy in his ministry that he wasn't taking care of his family and ended up cheating on his wife. But someone in the church made it even worse. And so I prayed for the church profusely. I prayed for the families that he hurt. And I can just imagine the devastation. Lord, may they keep their eyes on you and not on him or a man, but on you, Jesus Christ. And I also prayed uh, what, I just prayed for him to be restored and, and for the families that were hurt to be restored. and he ended up he ended up getting back, I, I heard with his wife, and that's the grace of God. She didn't have to because Christ said that, you know. Jesus said there's no divorce unless for sexual immorality because marriage is based on trust and love
0: thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio if you're in the area come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30am and at 10.30am or Wednesday evenings at 7pm we are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California you can also find us on YouTube or Instagram